Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. All right, good to have you on the show, Salim. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Hadi. I'm doing fantastic. Let me just start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Salim Benayet is the founder of Bento, which is a platform that lets uh, users display their work in an elegant way. Essentially, I've just signed up and tried it out. It's like a LinkedIn bio tool, but with a twist. And Salim, you could dive more into that during our conversation. And I think, Bento, you've raised recently a $1.6 million from Sequoia Arc. So that's very exciting. Tell us a little bit more about the company, Salim. What made you excited to launch this idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks so much for giving me the opportunity. So yeah, I think Bento, as you very elegantly described, is this personal page to show everything that you are and create. And sort of, I think the opportunity that we go after is really to enable anyone to show in a holistic way who they are. And we really believe today that is the personal and professional self in the sense that we give you the opportunity to really showcase your work in an elegant and beautiful way and or showcase yourself because we believe current platforms especially the professional networks don't really give makers so designers engineers 2d 3d artists musicians they don't really give these people us designers and engineers Um, the possibility to really showcase what we're working on. And it's such a huge part of our personality that Mujit, my co-founder, and I really believed if nobody's doing it, I guess we have to do it. And this is then how Bento came up. Amazing story. So is Bento, if I want to simplify it, like a digital CV where you showcase your work in a visual manner versus having things written? Or do you have another idea for Bento? It's definitely a way to see it. We see it as a digital CV for people who produce visual output or tangible output in the sense that there are so many of us that produce products, be it, you know, a design product or a software product, be it a podcast, be it a music piece, anything that is sort of an output that can be consumed. And so we believe this to be the CV for such output. Yes. Amazing. You are not the first in that space. And I think there's quite a few big competitors who've raised millions and millions like Linktree. What is your early acquisition strategy for customers? And I know that Bento is free today, but what would be your selling point to them? Or what's your channel that you think you could attract a lot of users to come and sign up and try it for that in case? Yeah. So, I think when it comes to competition, quite honestly, we see LinkedIn much more as a competition than Linktree. And the reason really is, yes, Bento is a link in bio in that sense that you can take Bento and put it in your bio on the social platforms, but it's not the only goal. If you think about Linktree or similar products, it has a completely different audience and job to be done to Bento. The Linktree audience are creators. So people who primarily focus on big social platforms to drive their lion's share of sort of their monthly income, right? People who define their career and themselves as sort of YouTube creators or TikTok creators or similar. Meaning these people really 
have the need to start diversifying their income streams because of the inherent risk that comes with platform dependencies. This is where sort of Linktree comes in and its job is to sort of route people from A to B and sort of thereby helping creators de-risk their income streams. By routing people, creators can sort of upsell, cross-sell and all of that jazz. Whereas Bento is really a completely different beast in the sense that our audience is much more mid to senior level engineers, designers, artists, basically creatives, not so much creators, right? people that have an active career in that sense and that have the need and the want to show what they're working on to basically help them then in the future be more successful. And so you could argue that sort of the user base, the audience of these two products is completely different. We go after the mid to senior to junior level designer, engineer, artist, whereas Linktree goes much more towards the creator. And so we don't see Linktree as such as the competition. How did you find your early uh, user persona? Where did you go? How did you position your message so that they actually sign up? And I, I do believe if I read correctly, you had a wait list at the beginning and then you opened it up for the public. Yeah. yeah. So basically how we found our first users is literally by following our own interests. So when I speak about our and we, by the way, it's, it's the Bento team. It's about four people by now. It's my co-founder, Mujib, who does tech, I do product, I'm does design, and then Valerie does community. And so we all sort of have a strong background as either engineers or designers. And so for us, it was very much just following our own sort of footsteps, our own sort of communities on Twitter. And quite honestly, the only strategy that we really applied when launching the product was to make sure that it is very easily understandable what it is. So we paid a lot of attention to the positioning of the product. But then sort of where we launched it was literally like we followed our own path on, on Twitter. And we said like, hey, these are our people. We all follow each other kind of thing. Let's launch it on Twitter and hope that people understand and see the value. And you got your first hundred signups all from Twitter, or did you do other strategies or tactics that worked for you? Mm -hmm. So honestly, all of the first hundred users came from Twitter. Now, how did that happen? It's not that we just launched something into the void and it happened. I think up to the launch day, which was December 14 of last year, we started talking to a lot of potential users in the sense that we really, while developing it, paid attention to what is actually the job that we need to get done so that these people are satisfied? What are we actually solving for? Who are we solving for? And sort of in these early sort of user interviews and quite frankly, also sharing prototypes, early MVPs, sharing pictures, videos with like a whole bunch of users gave us this early audience. And I'd also say an early sort of quote-unquote, advocate network. I mean, it, it's obviously a big word because they weren't real advocates, but these were people that were excited about the product to a point that they were then talk to their friends about it. Excellent. So when you create something as new as Bento, sometimes there's a habit. So I have a LinkedIn, I have a YouTube channel. Most of the time I'll showcase my, let's say, videos on YouTube. I'll showcase my CV on LinkedIn. I share my articles there. And then Bento comes in. I'm excited about it. 
I build my stuff, but then I forget about it because my habits is to go for the familiar. Have you thought about how you could fix this or is it an issue? Do you see that as an issue with current signups? Are they coming back? Are they not coming back? Yeah, I love the way you frame it. It's a very astute observation and it's very true. We are sort of creatures of habit. And I think there lies the, the challenge in new consumer products to sort of grab this mindshare of a user for a particular use case. I think what we currently see with Bento is that we are able to capture the mind space for you want to display your work and yourself in a very easy, frictionless, elegant, beautiful manner. This is when you turn to Bento. When you basically quickly want to show who you are and what you work on, this is when you turn to Bento. So it seems that Bento has a very specific use case that other platforms currently do not serve holistically because you have LinkedIn, which sort of is your CV, but it's just a line item. And people understand they're much more than just a line item on their CV. Then there is obviously Instagram and the TikToks of this world, which is much more ephemeral content by now. Nobody really uses a gallery anymore in that sense. And it's a much more sort of friends-based communication channel. So Bento really comes in to help you craft a story around you and your work. And people start to really understand that. You mentioned earlier that you have someone in your team that is a community-based what do you think are the key ingredients to build a strong community about a product like this? Yeah, I love the question. Look, we're, we're still discovering this ourselves. I think I can share how we go about it, which is we really want to project values to a group of people that we believe in as a company and then build sort of a group of people around these values. And these then become sort of the cultural values of the group quote-unquote, becomes the belief system of that group. And I think we've been very deliberate about that, sharing certain points of use that we have internally in the company and really actively sort of pay attention to using these words and these pictures when communicating on Twitter, for instance, to the early user base. And so the community person, which is Valerie at Bento, he pays particular attention to telling the story of Bento. Who are we? Why do we care about crafting Bento or establishing Bento? And then really making sure that these values and these ideas are heard on a repeated basis. And luckily, quite honestly, luckily, there are people out there who agree with these values and sort of want to be part of the story. Amazing. What has been the hardest challenge in building Bento? Yeah, I mean, they're there. Are, thousands of challenges so it's like asking like what's your favorite movie tough question i don't know i think maybe I, I can speak to one challenge that we just pay particular attention to is quote unquote cutting through the noise of the market in the sense that you need to be able to sort of abstract a job to be done and then sort of package that into a product that in itself understands what it is and so that's sort of how i think about product development is the product itself needs to know what it is. Because if the product doesn't know, how should the user ever know? And so I think a big challenge for us was to see through the noise in the market that was like, yes, Linktree here, LinkedIn there, and then all of these other plethora of platforms that try to be the new networks and, and such. For us, it was really the question, what does it boil down to? 
And how do we make it as easy as possible for the user to understand and see? I think that was in crafting Bento that the biggest challenge. Amazing. You've successfully raised your first seed round and I'm just anticipating, but I'm pretty sure some of the investors said no. And they could have said no because they would say, you know what, Bento is a feature, not a product. How would you reply to that knowing that they could say, okay, someone else can build it easily like LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah. So we heard that. Maybe. <laughs> I think for Bento in particular, so that argument is, is definitely true for many products out there. I think you could make that argument for Bento. It's not as easy to make it for Bento in, in that way, in the sense that Bento, if you think about displaying your digital identity online, Bento is very high up in that stack in the sense that we make it very easy for you to aggregate a lot of your different online identities, personalities onto this one singular landing page. And so if you think about sort of that aggregation power and that abstraction level where Bento actually lives in the stack, I think it's very difficult to make the argument that Bento is a feature and not a product. Thank you for sharing this. What is one principle that you live by that made you successful? Could be in your business or in your life? Good question. I think one that comes to mind immediately is prioritize action over anything. You can sort of try to express that in with fancy words or, you know, fancy pictures, painting fancy pictures around it. But I think for me, the easiest way to convey it is just try to shoot on the goal as many times as possible, because then you're going to score one time, you know? And so really prioritizing action over inertia, really prioritizing um, taking the decision over deferring the decision, I think is something that frankly really helped me in, in my life because it, it trumps a lot of trying to be smart about something or just, I think action is something that is hugely valuable. Knowing what you know today, if you were to start over, Bento, I know you're still early. Is there one thing you would have changed? You say one thing I would have changed? I mean, to be honest, Bento started as a slightly different product where, speaking to the challenge before, we were not able to cut through the noise immediately because we were not intellectually honest with ourselves early enough. Because Bento started off from the other side of the spectrum when you think about network and single player experience. So if you think about single player versus multiplayer experience, we started off with a multiplayer product in the sense that we wanted people to show who they are and what they worked with, worked on by sort of linking their collaborators, by showcasing who they work with and why they did it. And so we came from a multiplayer sort of perspective. And there it was really difficult to convey the value to early users because it was a, a lot of upfront work to somehow get your whole self, your digital identity out there because you needed to write a lot. You needed to invite people. You needed a whole bunch of things you needed to do. I remember it took us like two-ish, two and a half months to sort of finally come to terms and be intellectually honest with us, which was Majib and Aike at the time, so the three of us, and just agree that what we're doing is not working. Like people understand the idea, but it's not valuable enough for them to actually use it. And so then we had this, this hard discussion one day where we finally said, look guys, let's stop lying to ourselves. 
Like we don't need to lie to ourselves that this thing is working. And so this was then actually the point in time where, where Bento then started to come alive because we said, okay, what is the most extreme way of, of expressing yourself and your work out there in the world? And this is then basically where, where the idea of, of linking to your work and sort of the Bento design came up. I mean, obviously it was valuable to us as product people because it helped us understand the negative case. But if I'm honest, I would have hoped that we came to that conclusion maybe a month or so earlier. Thank you for sharing this. So you were a co-founder and a CEO in another company that you started in 2018. What did you bring with you as learnings and what did you discard? There is a whole list of sort of learnings that I think I brought to Bento. There are some management learnings, some product learnings, and I think Sort of the most valuable to share here might be, yes, definitely action over inertia. Don't try to work with the information that you have today and don't sort of wait for information to come in tomorrow or in a week because there's sort of this double cost to it, which is the time that you spent on trying to gather the new information. And then much more sneaky, there is the cost of you believing your decision is better so you will spend more time on that decision, on that idea. So there's like this hidden double cost, which can be very dangerous. When we speak maybe about management learnings that I had is at the beginning, I was very, very demanding in the sense I was very much focused on input and not output. And today I'm still very demanding, but very supportive at the same time. And this is something that basically makes all of the difference. So be demanding to your team members and make them understand that it is an environment where we need to deliver, quote unquote, world-class output. Yes. But please understand that everyone is here to support to get this done. So it's much more sort of an approach as a team. You win as a team or you lose as a team than it is sort of a superstar kind of situation. And I think that was a huge unlock to understand that you can be very demanding. But then this demands of you as a manager, as you as a leader to start supporting because otherwise it's just unfair and unrealistic. Great advice. Thank you, Selim, for sharing this. I've recently watched a documentary on food and in Japan, they have these bento boxes that are yes. beautifully designed. They are portioned in an elegant way. I haven't seen anything for a while like this. What's the significance of the word to you and how did it come into your identity? Yeah. Everyone that knows me knows I'm a big Japan fan. And in my previous company, I also had Japanese investors. So I was lucky enough to spend a lot of time in Japan, a lot of time in Tokyo. And so obviously the word bento, me as a foodie, it's very positive to me. Um, going for bento is always something that's great. You know, let's go for lunch and let's get one of these, let's get bento basically. And so there's obviously this aspect, the very positive connotation to me as a person to that word. And then at the same time, obviously, there is sort of this probably unconscious priming of the entire design sort of ecosystem that started calling sort of a card-esque, sort of a square-esque design as a bento design. Probably we got all kind of primed by sort of how Apple calls that design system internally. They seem to call it bento as well, the bento, bento grid. And specifically now for us as a company, the name bento came to be because we started calling it that 
internally when we were sort of doing drawings on the whiteboard, when we were starting to talk about that grid. And since we started using it so naturally internally, I remember one day we sat together, we're like, well, let's just use it as our name because it seems to be so natural to us. Most probably will also be natural to other people. And so this is then how sort of the name came to be and where the connection comes from. Thank you for sharing the story. One last question, Selim. What's next for Bento? Yeah, so um, what's next for Bento is basically we're going to keep improving the single-player experience. So we're going to keep helping people express themselves, help them sort of express their story around them and their work. We're going to make Bento the best place to do that. And that's the direction we're going to take the product. Perfect. How can people reach you? First of all, my DMs on Twitter are open, which is at Salim Benayat. Then my email as every founder is Salim at bento.me. So first name at company domain. And um, I'd be happy to hear from early users, from any feedback that comes from this episode, because that's frankly what made us currently successful, listening to the outside perspective. Thank you, Salim. We wish you the best of luck with Bento and uh, hopefully it's a fruitful journey for you and for your founders. Thanks so much, Ali, for having me. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. 